AI in Action is brought to you by Aulis International, covering your business's staffing, consulting, and networking needs. Our host, Bar Kelly, brings you the leading minds in AI, sharing their story, their success, and their advice. Focusing on fast-tracking you to the top, AI in Action cuts through the hype to help you kickstart your data science career. To listen to the latest AI in Action podcast, head over to www.aldus.com forward slash podcast, or subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Podcasts. So we're with Niall O'Connor. Niall O'Connor is the CTO of Geno Space. Niall, very welcome to the show. Thank you very much, and, and thanks for having me. So Niall, tell us about how an Irish guy is in Boston and now a CTO at Geno Space. I started my career in Galway working for a company called Fidelity Investments, um, and I graduated from NUI Galway and straight into their graduate program. Um, after about a year working for them in Ireland, I um, had the opportunity to uh, come to the US, to Boston specifically, um, and work in, in web security. Um, and so obviously, being in the financial services industry, web security was of uh, paramount importance. And from there, I really got to see what it was like to develop software um, at enormous scale. Um, back in 2004, 2005, when I began working there, um, uh, you know, we, were, we were dealing with, with a large internet site, uh, fellow.com. Um, and at that time, we were servicing you know, millions of requests a day, um, which doesn't sound big uh, by Google standards, but um, was, was pretty significant at the time. After about you know, four years working there, um, I decided to, to start to see where I could apply my uh, computational skills uh, more broadly. Um, and I started getting interested in, in bioinformatics. And uh, being where I am in Boston, um, I was able to take some classes in, in computational methods for the um, interpretation of uh, genomic sequences at, at, uh, at Harvard. Um, and from there, I really platformed into uh, a career in life sciences. So I started working at, at, at Dana-Farber, which is a, a large um, academic medical center here in Boston. Um, and I, was, I was, uh, started working in a, a computational biology lab. And that really gave me my first um, insight into how uh, computational methods can be applied to the interpretation of, of life sciences data. Um, I saw a huge amount of opportunity there um, just with my background. Um, and I stayed for a, a couple of years at Dana-Farber before um, uh, starting out uh, on my own with a couple of my colleagues um, and starting Genospace. Um, and Genospace was really created um, with the idea of democratizing access to analytical methods um, for the interpretation of both molecular information, um, that is the, the sequence, uh, the information encoded in the sequence of your genome, and clinical information. And so we, we really focused on creating tools at the intersection of both of those worlds, because prior to that, you know, you had epidemiologists that would look at uh, clinical information, and you'd have molecular scientists that would look at molecular data, um, and never the twain should meet. And so um, Genospace was really created to, to bring those two worlds together to drive insight into um, how molecular information and molecular data can impact um, clinical outcomes. So, so give, give us an example of how that kind of precision and kind of cutting straight to it, that you can add more value and insight to a kind of a health patient or a kind of a clinician. You know, if, if you were unfortunate enough to develop uh, cancer, 
the modern uh, or the, the standard of care today is is typically um, multiple regimens of chemotherapy. Um, and so, as we know, chemotherapy affects every cell in your body, and, and that's why your hair falls out, for example. Um, it has, uh, you know, enormous toxicity risks, and you know, very often it's not that effective. So, what what we what we seek to do in in genomic medicine and, and molecular science is is find the um, the pieces of, um, of your genome that have changed um, and that have led to the, the development of a tumor. So, quite simply, to put it, you know, if you have um, a, a melanoma on your skin, um, something told that that cell to turn into a melanoma from a, rather than a skin cell. And so, what we like to do, or what we want to do, is to investigate what were the changes that caused that that tumor to develop. And in cancer, uh, very often it's um, damage to a particular gene, and these genes often have function. Um, and the function of, of oncogenes are typically a tumor suppressor or damage repair genes. Um, and so once, once you determine what function has been lost that allowed that tumor to develop, you can, you can target those, those, those variations with drugs. Um, and these modern drugs are uh, effective because they only target the cells um, that they're designed um, to, to work with. Um, so you are not going to see some of the side effects that you see with chemotherapy because they're not affecting every cell in your body. They're only, they're only designed and targeted to affect cells that are involved in cancer or in the development of that specific tumor. So what type of challenges did you need to, to get to overcome to kind of get that ready? Because when I think of kind of uh, health data, I just think of, I suppose, just an awful lot of cleaning up of data sets and the data isn't necessarily all in the same format so it can be kind of very difficult to obtain some certain insights because certain doctors might be recording certain things in a different way and it might must be kind of a unified uh, way to control that that's just the thing that comes to my mind was there any other kind of challenges that you needed to overcome I mean, the, the, the challenges of performing any analysis in healthcare are, are immense. Um, you know, when I, when I think back to our time at Dana-Farber, we were really doing it on a, on a bespoke kind of research um, scale. So um, you're talking about, you know, getting medical records and having humans look through uh, these medical records and coding them appropriately by hand. And, and as you said, you know, these, these records are coming from a variety of different sources. Sometimes it's from the EMR, sometimes it's, you know, physician notes, sometimes it's picking up the phone and calling the patient. Um, but when you're talking about it in, in, a, in a clinical context and what we're, we're applying today, you really have to be able to do this at scale. And that's what, what Genospace are uniquely positioned to do. When we set out to, to solve some of the problems, we, we built um, infrastructure that would allow for uh, a real dexterity with dealing with, with incoming data sets. So um, whether we're pulling data directly out of an EMR, we have tooling that allows us to basically uh, go in and code for any element that we see in that document. So um, if, you, if you send us a continuity of care document, um, we're aware of the, the fields in that document and we have like, you know, we're set up to deal with that. But equally, if you have your own uh, spreadsheet that you've, uh, that you've assembled yourself, um, we're able to recognize the signature of that spreadsheet and then, and then start to code for the elements in that. And 
we've we've really um, adapted our company around around hiring in data scientists that help with that coding process and that allow um, these these documents to be extracted and transformed. And that's only really the start of it. Um, so once once you're able to um, start start recognizing these documents coming in, recognizing fields coming in and handling them at scale, then it comes to um, the, some of the analysis steps. Um, the problem in healthcare is uh, there's, a, there's a sparsity with every record, right? Not every patient has been tested. Not every patient is at the same um, point in their care. Um, and so what, what we seek to do is... Um, is provide interfaces where where any member of the care team, as they go along, as the patient navigates the health system, can augment the record and and add information and context that they know about. And it's important for regulatory purposes to kind of separate out, you know, what information has been committed to the MR and what information is um, has been augmented uh, by by the different people in the care team. Um, and so that helps with some of the sparsity of these records. And then, and then, and then, at the at the real kind of like crude part of it is is we we also employ um, just abstractors to help um, add add to the record and, and find out more information. And that's the kind of the you know we do that in a very targeted way as well. So we're not going to abstract every single patient. We're going to do it on a on a case by case basis. Yeah, because in some ways you, you always think of tech doing an awful lot of this automating us. But you know there is still a very uh, valid role for an abstractor to come in and actually just find and go and get that data, and yeah. actually kind of manually put that put that together. There is no kind of silver bullet. And tell us a little bit about kind of building a team, leadership, the importance of that. Because when I think of building a data team, it's probably going to be a little bit different than building your kind of standard Java engineering team, where there's so many different knowns versus the unknowns of research and kind of getting that infrastructure correctly and then trying to manage uh, data scientists, which I've been told is like herding cats. So uh, there's loads of different perspectives. And what, what's your thoughts on that and kind of tips for, tips for people listening in? You know, when we started Genospace, um, you know, I was, I was engineer one. I, I came in the first day, I took the seats down off the tables and, um, and let off the alarm by accident, you know. So I understand what it's like to come into an empty room and, and start to build from there. When we started out, uh, it, was, it was never our intention to, to build a, a large data science team. Um, the, the vision for the company was, was really to, to begin with building um, infrastructure components that, that data scientists could ultimately use. And for the first couple of years, um, that's what we did. We largely um, hired you know, uh, Java stack engineers with, with client-side abilities um, and built all the applications and the components that we, we, um, we thought our customers would want. Once, once we started you know, uh, starting customer projects and, and deploying our applications, um, we really uh, started to see a, a gap between what our customers were able to do and what we thought that they should be able to do. Um, and, and it was a real impedance mismatch to begin with. So we started to augment the, the delivery of our applications with, with some services. And that was basically, you know, data science services. So if a customer came along with a, a new um, research data set, um, our data science team was able to take that and, um, and start to transform it into a model that would be easily um, 
interpretable by 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 a clinician or an epidemiologist or a non a non biostatistician type user, um, and 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 that was the model that we 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 really started to build on, um, and and we we realized that um, our our customers um, never really kind of caught up. They were always interested in kind of handing us the data set and and then having our team actually kind of break that down and transform it. Um, and from there on, we started to build tooling to support that type of, that type of engagement. We, we started then to, to, to grow. Um, we were ultimately acquired by a large um, hospital network here in the United States. Um, and they, they really uh, liked the, the kind of ethos of the company where we were building tooling, we were eating our own dog food by having our own team use the tools and transform the data sets. And then ulti ultimately making it easier for their clinicians and, and physicians to to do um, active research um, on, on a real-world evidence data set. So from there on, we've, we've, we've continued to expand the team. Um, we've, we've also, we're doing more of the analysis now as well. So we're building not only um, analytical methods, but we're also um, producing um, you know, novel research from, from the uh, real-world evidence data sets as well. So was that a kind of a natural evolution or did you take a kind of a strategic approach to how you were kind of conducting that? Um, I think it naturally evolved from um, commercial necessity. You know, I think um, when, you, when you're a small company, um, you desperately need your customers to be, uh, to be successful with your applications. Um, and so we were, we were willing to do everything to make that happen. Um, and we had experience in that, in that as well. So um, it evolved from the necessity of commercial viability of our product. And now it's, 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 it's strategic importance. So we, are, we, we actively hire into these roles. Um, it's not something that we consider that we can kind of walk away from. Um, we think a part of every engagement is going to require um, some kind of early, early stage um, handholding from, from a data scientist. Um, and then, and then uh, the more exciting things now are when we can, um, we can actually help them with their analyses and actually, and actually be partners in that as well. So now where do you see the, that health organizations and patients, their kind of customer experience changing in the future with either your company or just the services in general in this space? Well, in terms of you know precision medicine and the application of of genomics um, to the uh, treatment of cancer, um, I think we're we're really really at the at the early stages of this. Um, there is a, a long way to go in terms of um, what we can do to improve patient outcomes. Um, so where I see where I see GenoSpace um, uh, growing to is that. Um, when, when a patient comes in to a physician for the very first time, that a, a molecular sequence is being done, that, that that test result is going to our system and we're, 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 um, we're responding with uh, a, a really good characterization of what the treatment options are um, using a, a variety of different factors. Now, today, there, there's not a lot of you know, heavy regression going on or analytics going on with um, with determining what what treatment option a patient should be on, um, it's where where we want to get to is this idea of you know if you come in as a patient um, that we were able to say these patients looked like you and they performed well on the drug and um, and therefore you should you should take this drug right um, that's that's ultimately where we want to go to so to do that you need 
a lot more information about a patient. You need to impute a lot of information about that patient. And so where I see us as Genospace developing is we're going to have a lot of micro models deployed um, in to determine these factors um, that would that would select a patient for either a clinical trial or or a treatment option. Um, and so there's there's a huge amount of of work to be done in that space. But I, I really I really think it's 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 early stages. I think what we're doing right now, when we look back in five years' time, we're gonna kinda laugh and and and, and kind of think how crude we were um, with our applications of both data science and also the 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 strength that we can the strength of predictive power and about how are these drugs going to actually work for the patients. Yes, it's, 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 changing, it's changing so quickly. Now, just before we finish off, have you got any kind of stories of kind of uh, patients where you kind of bring it to life, uh, where they kind of had some benefits of this? Because uh, that would be quite great to hear. Yeah, I remember, you know, about five years ago, um, we had just done our initial uh, 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 laboratory deployment um, of our software um, and so we, we had been up, up and running for about two months and one of the pathologists uh, got back to us and wanted to share a story and and that was of this this uh, uh, kid in in Chicago he was uh, uh, I think he's about 12 years of age he had leukemia he was refractory to therapy um, meaning he hadn't responded to any of the, the rounds of chemotherapy that he'd been through. And uh, we had uh, recommended on one of our reports a, a drug that was suitable in a different disease or an in indication, um, but was his disease was molecularly similar for that drug, rather. And the, the, the drug was ultimately prescribed in an off-label scenario, and, and the patient started to respond to that therapy. So he had been through, I think, four or five rounds of, of chemotherapy therapy and this was the first application for this uh, patient um, of a precision medicine and and he, he responded really really well and and that's just kind of one of those stories that we hear that it's it's, yeah. it's amazing how 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 we can really it, that, that's that's the kind of story that on a Monday morning and it's snowing and you're like oh I'm going to work yeah the difference that you can have to that child but also mm -hmm. to their family is just really really inspiring uh, i'm speaking to nile o'connor nile is the cto of genospace and you're listening to the ai in action podcast now thank you so much for your time today really really appreciate it thank you it's a good pleasure ai in action is brought to you by allis international covering your business's staffing consulting and networking needs allis offer an exec search program all this can help you discover how data science and AI can transform your company. With our unrivaled network of C-suite executives and senior AI professionals, we offer retained search services across the US and Europe. For more information, contact mark at aldus.com. Get the Aldus advantage. Become a member of the Aldus community and enjoy some of the following. AI meetups. Once a month, our community gathers to listen to some of the leading experts in the world of data science and AI. Our speakers come from all over the world, including Dublin, Boston, and Frankfurt. We also have our AI mentors. Our experts will provide mentoring to all those members. And don't forget our AI on Action podcast. Each week, we have guests from all over the world talking us through their education, career, and more. Become an Aldous member and get the Aldous advantage. For more information and to sign up for our newsletter, log on to www.aldous.com. That's www.aldous.com. Aldous International, empowering through AI.